September 4th, 2002. First of all, I consider it somewhat of a miracle that I found this journal. I had asked E to tell me where she obtained the scripture-like one she had given to me the day prior to my departure to the MTC. She didn't reply, though. I finished the other one on July 27th, and so there has definitely been a gap in record-keeping. So we were at Staples, an office supply store, and I was hoping to find a journal of some kind there. When lo and behold, Elder Chatterton spotted this one. It is very similar to my other one. Slightly different, but perfect just the same. I want to be a faithful record keeper because I have benefited from those before me who were faithful, such as all the prophets of old. They were basically keeping a journal and talking about the spiritual experiences they had. The Book of Mormon is exactly that, and perhaps my progenitors will be able to benefit from the record I keep. My only hope and prayer is that my posterity will elect to follow their Redeemer, who is Jesus the Christ, the eternal God, who was slain for the sins of the world. Not only was he slain, but he also rose again three days later, breaking the bands of death for all mankind. He is the light, life, and hope of the world. No one will enter into the Father's kingdom but by the living Christ. This is the basis of my testimony and my only sure foundation, that I may endure to the end and inherit celestial glory as my ultimate goal. If we but look to God, we may live. Two years is such a short amount of time. Sixteen months have come and gone, and I have only eight months left to be a full-time missionary for the Lord and his one true church, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. It is a sacred time, a sacred time that will have more of an effect on my life than all my prior years combined. Many individuals just kind of coast on through their missionary service and look forward to that plane ride home. But when they return, they will most likely be a slacker at home like they were in the field. There will be very little change in them. And that is a tragedy. There was a time when I began to coast through my missionary service, which I will go into in some detail hereafter, that others may know what to avoid so that they can have more joy in the true service of the Lord God Almighty. Preparation days are very important for many reasons. And notice the name of the day is preparation and not recreation. Although it can be a day for some physical activity, there are plenty of more important things to do. I have learned to use this day more wisely throughout my mission. It's actually the Lord's mission, not mine. It's important that everyone understands that. I woke up at 5.30 and cleaned the bathroom, shower, toilet, sink, floor. And Elder Chatterton cleaned the kitchen. We hung-dried our laundry, and we've been doing that for about three months to save money. Every little bit helps. We also went to the library to check our email, and Marlena had dropped me a line, which was nice. She and my other sister, Vanessa, are the ones who regularly keep in touch via the internet. We bought a lot of food at Sam's Club, a huge food store that's all over the country at this point. I wanted to buy everything in the store because we were fasting at the time, and everything looked so tasty. Both of our appointments fell through, but that's all part of what happens in this work. Things don't always go as planned. I don't let it get to me, though, 
there really is no point in getting all bent out of shape when there's nothing you can do. That's the way I see it. September 5th, 2002. A good breakfast is especially important to have out in the field. I made some cream of wheat and cut up some apples and grapes for the both of us. Elder Chatterton was very appreciative, and it really was a good way to start off the day. I'm going to make it a goal to always have a good breakfast for the rest of my life. We studied Elder Dallin H. Oaks of the Quorum of the Twelve talk on teaching by the Spirit. The things that stood out to me the most are, I feel of significance to record. Number one, without the Spirit, ye shall not teach. You could be telling the truth to someone, but if it's solely by the power of the intellect, then what you say will go to the person's mind. Only when we speak by the power of the Holy Ghost will our words be carried to the hearts of the children of men. 2 Nephi 33, 1 and 2. Number 2. An important part of teaching by the Spirit is also our own preparation for the occasion. When we have obtained the word, then will our tongues be loosed, if we desire, at the opportunities that present themselves. I spent some time in Camden, New Jersey today while Elder Chatterton was in a meeting with President Da and the other zone leaders. Camden is known as the armpit of the nation. Although I haven't been to very many other places in the country, I'm quite sure they couldn't be much more run down than Camden. It is a bunch of poverty-stricken people living in a decrepit sludge trough, and I feel bad to see my fellow brothers and sisters living in such a way. So yes, I tracked it with Elder Holman and Elder Martinez for a couple hours. I had a nice nap in the back seat of the car on the way there and the way back. Cars put me right to sleep. But while we were tracting in Camden, a man came up to us and said he needed our help. I thought he was going to ask us for money because I've had similar encounters before. He was drunk, and our noses told us that before he said it, but he went on to explain how he was thrown out of the house by his wife. He was broke, and he had been in the hospital for the previous night for drinking too much. All he wanted was for us to pray with him. So Elder Martinez said a prayer, and then I sang him a song, Our Savior's Love. Satan wants to destroy everyone he possibly can, and alcohol is a very effective method of doing it. Being out here in the mission field certainly has exposed me to a lot of learning experiences. I have seen a whole lot of what not to do, that's for sure. The Braxtons fed us dinner, and then we had a discussion on faith. Rose needs to overcome smoking, as do many others, before being baptized, so we were giving her encouragement for that. Also, we had hoped to move their baptismal date from the 29th of September to the 14th, but they weren't ready for that, so we left it alone. We just don't want the adversary to mess with them, but I have faith that they will be baptized on the 29th of September. They will be very strong in the church. September 7th. We've really had some great success as of late in finding solid, receptive people. I know that it's because my companion and I are getting along better and better all the time. It really makes a difference in being able to feel and have the spirit. President Da is having a big push these days for having a Zion-like mission. 
The hardest person it seems to get along with are our companions. It really takes a lot of work to be of one heart and one mind, but it's possible and certainly worth it. Elder Chatterton and I have both found that we needed to swallow our pride, and we still have our moments, but we are so much more in harmony now than we were four months ago. All the credit to God. I'm so grateful for his patience with me. We taught two good men today about the Book of Mormon and Joseph Smith. One was Chuck, who was the fiancé of a woman we had met a few months ago. We went to follow up with her, Heather, but ended up meeting him instead. He invited us in, and we taught him. Hopefully we'll be able to get in touch with them soon. Paul Kay is the other individual we met and taught. He was working on laying a brick walkway when we approached him and took the time to listen to what we had to say. He mentioned that when he was a teenager, he was looking for the truth about God, and he's been looking ever since. We're going to see him again on Wednesday, September 8th. We taught the elders and high priests a lesson about sharing the gospel, and that went really well. I prayed and prayed that the Spirit would teach and not us. Apparently, the Lord answered our prayers because one of the ward missionaries, who usually stays pretty low-key, reached out and grabbed my arm and introduced himself, told me his phone number and made himself available to go out and teach with us. If we only touched one person, our purpose is fulfilled. After church, we had a meeting with Brother Beckett, the new ward mission leader, and also the elders and high priest group president. We were discussing our efforts with missionaries and members and making a less active list up with people we need to work with together. From what I understand, there have been some flaky missionaries here in the past, and it is a hard thing for the members to get very involved because of that. And so we're trying to overcome that obstacle. So many individuals take the calling of full-time missionary lightly. It can't be taken lightly, though, because it is a calling with a lot of stewardship and responsibility. People can sense fairly early onward if a missionary takes their calling seriously or not. People notice what you radiate. Brother and Sister Castellano had us over for dinner today. We ate ravioli and meatballs with sausage, pork, and some bread as well. It was actually the meal we were breaking our fast with, and Elder Chatterton and I ate way too much. Normally, it wouldn't have been too much, but because we had been fasting, our tummies weren't prepared for all that pasta and meat. Afterward, we taught Brother Casolano the second discussion because he's not a member of the church yet. He really wants to know about the church because his kids will be raised in it. And at the same time, he's considering the truthfulness of it all. Like many others, his question is, how do we really know? So we taught him about faith. He's coming along. September 11th, 2002. It's the morning of another preparation day, and it was also one year ago today that the World Trade Center towers were destroyed. I heard there's going to be some kind of tribute ceremony or something like that. I'm sure I'll hear about it later. Once a week, we go to this handicap center called Communicare, and we happened to drop in there yesterday. A member of the church named Sister Obey goes there sometimes, and we chatted with her for a bit. Her mind is completely there, but she's older and in a wheelchair, just likes to have something to do. There's people in there from all ages, from about 21 and older with all different kinds of conditions. 
we do some activities and whatnot with them. I ended up dancing with some of them, which was something I haven't done in ages. Elder Chatterton and I were talking afterwards and came to the definite conclusion that we were going to take good care of ourselves, that we could hopefully avoid any of those things happening to us. We need to stay physically fit, mentally aware, and spiritually in tune. So for that reason, I am going to get in the habit of working out every morning, except Sunday, and reading the scriptures every day. I'm already reading the scriptures, but I want to continue for the rest of my life. September 14th. I am never sleeping without a pillow for as long as I live. I woke up with the most painful neck I've ever had. Some lessons we need to learn only once, hopefully. We started the day off with a correlation meeting this morning at the church. Brother Beckett wasn't there, but we decided to have the meeting anyway. Our big struggle lately, and I wouldn't be surprised if it was the case with the entire mission, is working with the active and less active families in the ward. It's definitely more difficult to work with members and helping them share the gospel than it is to work with and teach an investigator. The members feel that they already know everything and that they are already doing their part by coming to church and whatnot. Then the less actives know that they are not coming to church and whatever else it is that they are involved with, so they don't want to deal with any authority. We just need to be persistent in setting up the appointment and following up. The Lord will help us do this crucial part of the work. I know he will. There was a baptism at the Sewell Ward building today. It was actually for the Pensgrove branch, but their building doesn't have a font for some reason. Elder Chatterton and I had to open up the building and fill the font. The person being baptized was named Jesse, and he's about 20 years old. They're hoping that Jesse will be able to baptize one of his close friends next week, September 15th. There has been a really huge wave of missionary enthusiasm and thrust in the Sewell Award for the past month. It seems like all the classes and talks are focused on it. And Brother Beckett, the ward mission leader, just can't emphasize enough how we just need to ride this wave for as long as we can. Following church, we taught Brother Castellano the third discussion, which speaks about the apostasy and restoration of the Church of Jesus Christ. Brother Walters was present as well, which was fantastic. He really does relate well to Brother Castellano and can almost be more bold with him than we can for the reason that he's about the same age. I feel like if we were to be or say some of the things Brother Walters said, that Brother Castellano would think to himself, who do these two wise guys think they are? Having Brother Walters there has been a huge help in helping to progress Brother Castellano. Brother and Sister Bishop fed us a wonderful meal of baked salmon, mashed potatoes, and carrots. They really have been so good to us and have opened up their home to have anyone over to be taught and things like that. I'm very impressed by their willingness to serve in any capacity they possibly can. While we were there, Sister Bishop told us her conversion story, and I will relate the parts that stood out to me. She was at a low point in her life, and called a friend to ask for advice and comfort. He asked her if she had been reading the Book of Mormon he gave her. She said that she had started First Nephi at one point, but was somewhat bored of it. So he explained to her, read Third Nephi, 
because she would relate to that better since she was a Catholic. So now I'll have to read that and try to see why a Catholic person would relate to it so well. He also expressed to her to pray and ask God for the gift of discernment before she read. She did so and explained how she was very moved by what she read and then turned to the front of the Book of Mormon to read the testimonies and introduction. She followed the footnote to read Moroni 10, 3-5, found in the intro, and then decided that she should pray. Her prayer wasn't long by any means, but she said that she really did want to know if the Book of Mormon was true. Following her prayer, she went to sleep and had a dream where Jesus Christ came and visited with her. She was caught away to a high plateau, to an ocean, and there was a lot of greenery around. Jesus was teaching her things, and what really stood out to me was that there was no rush. He had all the time in the world for her. She has no recollection of what she was taught. But when she woke up, she had the most overwhelming peace come over her. Or rather, she awoke feeling that way. She felt completely light and describes it almost if there was spirit running through her veins instead of blood. So she had received her answer and called the mission office that day and said she wanted to be baptized, which she was three weeks later. If people read and pray about the Book of Mormon sincerely, God will answer them and let them know that it is true. I was honored that Sister Bishop would relate something that sacred to us. The Almighty is a God of miracles. September 16th. Elder Condy of the Seventy came to the mission recently, and we were privileged to hear from him today in our zone conference. What a dynamic speaker! He had the perfect mix of humor and seriousness and was able to keep the attention of pretty much everyone in the room. In regard to the meeting, Elder Condy taught us what it meant to be chastened. I didn't really know. I thought it was like chastisement or to be rebuked, but to be chastened means to be pure and clean. So to be chastened means to be cleansed and purified. We had it re-emphasized to us how important it is for people to actually read from the Book of Mormon. And before we leave their house, we need to read from it together. Also, nobody remembers everything the first time we tell them. Repetition is the key. I can't write everything I was taught today, but the important thing was that I was filled with the Holy Ghost and inspired from on high. I realize more and more just how crucial this work is and the spiritual urgency that's involved. After meeting, we did some finding around the Walters home prior to our appointment with them. The Lord directed us to the home of Jody and Jennifer. I've never known a man to have had that name before, and I'm not even sure how to spell it, but that's neither here nor there. We were talking with her at the door, and in the midst of Elder Chatterton reading her a scripture out of the Book of Mormon, he pulled up and walked inside. He has the names of his two daughters tattooed on his arms, one on each, and he's a big, burly, buff guy. Much to our gratitude and my surprise, he invited us in and gave us 45 minutes to speak with them and also read from the Book of Mormon. The oldest of the daughters, Mariah, 
four years old, is very interested in Jesus. And when we talked about coming back, Jody asked Mariah if she wanted us to come back, and she said she did. What was neat was that we had a prayer before we left, and they gathered their little family together, and we prayed. It was very touching to see them gathered together so closely. I desire so greatly for them to be sealed to each other. September 17th. Paul K. called this morning to reschedule our appointment to next Tuesday because he was feeling sick. So that was a kind of a bummer for us. Brother Vincent Smith was going to be coming with us, but we just set it up so that we would go with him Friday night over to the Lowe's to teach them. We were, however, able to set something up to go see Dan P. at the diner right next to the car dealership he works at during his lunch break. He hasn't read any of the Book of Mormon, but we bore testimony to him of the importance, and we'll let the Spirit take, take it from here. One thing I do get sick and tired of hearing, though, is that people don't have the time to read or pray. It's a lame excuse, and if there is one thing I have learned out here, it's that I never want to allow the petty things of this world to get in my way of eternally significant things. What a terrible trade-off. We taught Brother Lowe the fourth discussion, which is about eternal progression. It went remarkably well, despite the fact that he had has a severe ear infection. He was able to concentrate well enough and everything. Something he said before we really even got started was, I wonder if there aren't other gods in other galaxies. I told him that we would discuss that later, but that he wasn't off the beaten path for wondering about that. After that, I was really on a spiritual high. When we got back to the apartment, I saw a $10 bill sitting on the dresser. And the first time in my life, it didn't mean anything to me. Money was worth nothing in the eternal scale of things. I decided that I was never going to let accumulating money Consume me the way I have seen it rain over others. September 18th. It's preparation day, and the Matthiases were kind enough to feed us lunch. Not only that, but the Castellanos fed us dinner as well, so I'm feeling pretty full right now. We went to go follow up with the member referral that Sister Boyle gave us yesterday, named Crystal, and we ended up meeting her husband as he was coming out to get the mail. It was a very affluent neighborhood, but unlike so many others, his possessions didn't appear to take first priority, because he was happy to speak with us. Apparently, they already have a copy of the Book of Mormon. We read a couple of verses out of the Book of Mormon just to give him a taste of what it was like. He looked like he was pondering it very sincerely, which impressed me. He was on his way to a meeting at the time, but we asked if we could give him a phone call before we came by again, and he said that would be good. So we had a great positive first contact with them, and we'll be phoning them shortly. We were barely able to catch John M., the lawyer, as he was taking off with all his kids for a night out with them. He told us to call him tomorrow around noon. Our appointment with Doyle didn't work out the way we had planned. His wife said they weren't interested because they were ingrained in their church already. I get tired of people saying that. 
I'm almost to the point where I'll say, well, happy to see that you enjoy going to church. However, Christ didn't organize that church. He established the church of Jesus Christ. And then in these last days, that church is the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Isn't it time that you learn about the true church of Jesus Christ? September 22nd. It's 5.15 a.m. right now, and it's been a few days since I wrote my journal. It's not easy to keep a faithful record, that's for sure. I marvel at the fact that Lehi and his expansive posterity were so diligent in writing, and I'm grateful for them because we now have something very faith-promoting. Two witnesses for Jesus Christ is so much more powerful than just one. When I first got into the field, it didn't take long for me to start having questions in my heart about God, a Savior, etc. But it was the Book of Mormon that allowed for a seed to be planted in my heart that grew and grew. And now I know that Jesus Christ is the living Son of the living God. There is a divine plan of salvation, and we are in the midst of it right now. There were a few events that took place on Friday. In the morning, we met a young man named John who was very turned off by religion because of his upbringing. He was told that if he didn't say the Our Father prayer right, he was going to have, have his head slammed through a glass window. He explained how he was really bitter for two years about all of religion in general, but he didn't like the way he felt. He woke up one morning and said, Is this really the way to live? So the Lord worked with him and got him to see where he needed to be by the time we got to him. We gave him a Book of Mormon and taught him about Joseph Smith and how the true church had been restored to the earth. I was getting really good vibes from him and I'm confident that he will call us again. He didn't want us to call him because his parents are diehard Catholic. We were blessed to be able to teach Jason Lowe the fifth discussion about tithing, fasting, and sacrifice. His wife, Cherie, had previously expressed a concern she had that Jason would have a hard time with paying tithing because he complained about the government taking all the taxes. However, he was more than happy to pay and was actually under the impression that Cherie was already paying the tithing for them. She said that she wasn't because she wasn't working, and he said that the money he brought in was their money, and that she was to pay tithing on all the money they brought in. Well, she just didn't think it was going to be that easy. But it was because the Lord poured out his spirit, and Jason chose to respond. September 23rd. We've been riding our bikes around a lot lately. It's a benefit in a lot of ways because not only are we able to save miles on the car, but more people can see us out and about. Also, when we retrack streets, it's a lot more effective to ride from house to house. We have been able to talk to a lot more people, and it's just a better use of the Lord's time. We gave a man named Anthony a Book of Mormon and Joseph Smith pamphlet. He expressed his disappointment in the churches of today and said that if it weren't for his kids, he would just give up. We bore testimony to him that the answer he has been looking for are available, and he was glad that we came by. We'll be in touch with him soon. My mind and heart have been reflecting on the miracle of life lately, 
Everything is hitting me with a deeper and more real perspective in regard to the fact that I exist. I don't quite know how to describe it, but I know that I'm a stranger on this earth. This isn't my home. My body is made of the dust of the earth, but my spirit was begotten of the Almighty God. I also have a Heavenly Mother. I can feel the vastness of eternity swelling within my bosom, singing a song which tells me I am an eternal being. If I follow in the footsteps of Alpha and Omega, even Jesus Christ, I shall be exalted, for he has paid the price, and the door is open for all who desire to enter therein. My prayer is that I may be an instrument in the Lord's hands to somehow bring people to the knowledge of who they really are and who they may become. Heavenly Father has been gracious and merciful enough to impart of these spiritual morsels of truth, and I know that he expects me to share them, and I'm delighted to do so. All must come to know the salvation of our God, and the responsibility rests upon those who have already been sufficiently warned. 